On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we will be talking about the greatest single day of college basketball we've had this season on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of things happened, Tate. One of those things... Bob Knight came back to Assembly Hall. We're going to have my dad on Let's the show. Let's focus on yeah, Bob you want to focus Knight. I on feel that. like that was the biggest story of the day. Everyone wanted to talk about Bob Knight and IU, so let's make sure to focus on that, right, for this episode. We, we, are, please do that? we are going to have my father, uh, who is one of the the great curmudgeon Indiana mm-hmm. fans uh, who, who hates Purdue immensely yes. And, yes. Uh, and was on campus, was an Indiana student, was roommates with the Indiana basketball players during the Bob Knight heyday. Uh, we had him on. We talked to him about his thoughts on all things Indiana. He was all in things school Purdue. for the 1980 Indiana team, the team that was recognized yeah, the team to that get was Bob Knight back. That was yeah. his senior year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he we, we had him on. It was fun. He was uh, he was exactly as entertaining as I hoped he would be, and uh, we'll, we'll play that a little later. But first, before we get to that, we have to talk about the Duke what? North Carolina. What do we have to talk about, Mark <laughs> Titus? What do we have to talk about? We're going to uh, spend a good chunk of this podcast discussing one of the great comebacks in Duke North Carolina history. Uh, we're to, we're just going to walk through this with Tate. This is therapy for Tate. This is uh, <laughs> no. This is quite the contrary. <laughs> this is I think what you're not supposed to do. Uh, publicly vent <laughs> about uh, your personal problems. This is what number one rule. Don't do that. Tate has been watching the footage of this of the last like five minutes of of regulation and all of overtime just on a loop since I yeah and, just and, to get back in the moment and to also see if it is in fact it's reality real. <laughs> because I sat around and amongst a bunch of great North Carolina people and everyone around me kept saying. Just calm down. Yeah, it's fine. They're up thirteen. It's fine. They're up eleven. <laughs> it's fine. They're up five. No, it's totally fine. They're they're up three. One of the people. It was never fine, Mark. One of the people that was around you during that game that was not a North Carolina fan, and it was me. And uh, I have some thoughts on the atmosphere. We watched the game at a North Carolina bar together. We, uh, we're we're gonna just dive into all of it. That's where that's what mm. basically the first half of the show is just gonna be talking about Duke, North Carolina. And uh, we're, but we're going to get to all the great games. There was a ton of great games. All uh, uh, we deserved to, to to mention all of all of the uh, awesome action that was going on. But um, let's be honest, people are tuning in to hear Tate cry. So that's what we're one hundred and thirty nine to, to one hundred and thirteen all time <laughs> series. North Carolina still leads. Congratulations to the Tar Heels. We're still on top. Thank goodness. We are going to walk Tate off the ledge, the best we can. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. All right, it's Monday night in Los Angeles. We're recording the podcast per usual here at the Fox Lot. Uh, Tate, Saturday, as I said at the top, was one of the great days we've had this season. It was uh, coming off of a week where you and I spent a lot of time complaining about the state of college basketball and how it's been not that entertaining. Saturday delivered in a big way. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about Carolina. I want to give you one little moment of happiness first. Mm-hmm. What was your highlight of the day? <sighs> Throughout the entire day. You can pick any moment. You can pick any... We watched a ton of basketball together. What was the one thing that you were like, this is so good. There's nothing that could possibly ruin my day from here. <laughs> there honestly, I don't have many of those moments in any days. Uh, and there definitely wasn't one during this day because I knew building up. You knew this. what was looming. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. What was looming was a, a team that has struggled to play North Carolina basketball all year going against a team, Duke. The Blue Devils, their rival, that has been playing "quote unquote" Duke basketball all year. Even though I don't think it's quite at the standard of usual, I still was prepared for a a loss. And what I said in my mind before this game, right? 
the the biggest uh, deficit in defeat. Uh, North Carolina has that record in 1921. They beat Duke by 37 points, right? Okay. And in my mind, I was thinking. I hope that in 2020 we don't lose by 40 points right. and, and lose that record. And for North Carolina to play North Carolina basketball in the first half <laughs> until about you know three minutes left to go in this game, I was a happy camper, and I felt great. And I thought maybe, just maybe, they would figure it out. But of course, I was wrong. Uh, North Carolina broke my heart. And at the end of the day, we can blame the officials. We can blame, you know, Satan himself, Coach K. We can blame, <laughs> you know, uh, officials like Teddy officials Valentine. Who, go back to who, the officials. Who just want Coach K to win in the Dino. I got to say, it is pretty poetic on the the one the biggest day of Bob Knight's life in 20 years yes. uh, in, in college basketball. This is The whole stage for the day was set for Bob Knight. Mm-hmm. There's something poetic about Teddy Valentine trying to steal Bob Knight's thunder yes. one more time. Yes, yes. Just one more time, Teddy Give me the camera. Like, yeah. I have to piss off Bob Knight yes. one more time. I just can't resist. I have to take control of this uh, the narrative of the day. But let's be honest. This was not the referees did not lose this game. No, Duke, absolutely not. Duke did not win this game. This was one of the all-time <laughs> choke jobs. Uh, mm. North Carolina lost this in a very heartbreaking way. Uh, we were watching the game together in, at a bar here in LA, um, a Carolina bar. First of all, we we watched a lot of basketball here at the Fox thing. We were doing some video hits throughout the day. You said you wanted to go to the Carolina bar to watch the game before you left. I, I'd ask you how do you feel about the game, and you told me honestly, I know we're going to lose. Like I don't really care. I'm not really. Like I'm obviously I care about the rivalry, It'd be cool to win, but like this is the least I've cared about this game in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Whatever you, you were just really facts, yeah, you were just really like casual about the yes. whole thing. So I was like, oh, well, this will be maybe this will be fun. Maybe Tate, I can watch the game. Tate's not gonna be upset that they're getting stomped. Whatever. <clears throat> I show up at the bar. You've already changed into your. <laughs> Who's the jersey? Jeff, Jeff McGinnis. McGinnis. Yeah, uh, uh, you've uh, already... Jeff McGinnis, number five jersey on. Because again, you've already changed out of what you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> greatest recruiting class of all time: Jerry Stackhouse, Rasheed Wallace, Jeff McGinnis. So, you know, Carolina, Carolina comes onto the onto the screen. Tate's clapping at the TV. He's <laughs> yeah, getting into I'm, it. I'm ready to go. And in fact, I had upset. So I walk in the bar. I'm wearing my Jeff McGinnis jersey, but I'm trying to project and get ahead of the the pain that is coming. So I start <laughs> just saying how horrible this North Carolina team is, how Garrison Brooks needs to just go to the NBA. Uh I'm saying everything bad. In fact, a a table of Carolina fans started to look at me as if I was a Duke fan trying to masquerade as a Carolina fan to to prod and poke them. And no, I was just trying to couch all the pain ahead. And again, North Carolina played North Carolina basketball. I was very excited about that. And then it was Duke and... I, I try to find always like a, a point of reference in the history of the Duke North Carolina game, and I and I decided to point to a game that some people may remember. It was Roy Williams' first North Carolina Duke game in the Dean Dome. This is in two thousand four, and I was a young kid, and I was at that game, and it meant the world to me. And again, North Carolina was riding high. Rashad McCants had hit some big shots against UConn, the number one team in the country at that point that year at Mecca Okafor. We all remember that year. Uh, Duke won this game, for people that don't know, in overtime, 83-81. to Chris Duhon drove all the way down the floor and just laid the ball in. And I'm still not con- you know, convinced or you know, sure how it really happened other than witchcraft, but somehow Raymond Felton and David Noel ran, to e- ran into each other, and Chris Duhon laid it up, and they won, and they won. And uh, Coach K, after the game, said it was an incredible competition. I just could not believe how beautiful it was. I mean, what a day. What a day for college basketball. And he's so excited. But you know just he loved twisting the knife, you know. Yeah. And, and these are the moments that, you know, a devil would enjoy, you know what I mean, <laughs> to, to, to bring the pain and enjoy the pain. And to say the least, that game hurt me a lot. Austin Rivers in 2012, I was at that game. 
that hurt me a lot. Uh, I sat <laughs> in that seat in the Dean Dome uh, for quite some time after the fact, especially after watching Austin Rivers play all year. And that happened. Uh, and then this moment is right up there. Uh, this is probably oh, yeah. this is strike number three. Uh, and, and it hurt because, again, this North Carolina team has not played North Carolina basketball. They finally did. And like you said, they choked it away. Well, that's, what's, that's what I found interesting is that I, I think, uh, as an outsider, I'm obviously not speaking for Carolina fans because I'm not a Carolina fan, but I feel like this one would hurt more because at least the other times you have something else to play for. Whereas mm. this was the one chance that Carolina had to salvage the season. You could have, you're having one of the worst seasons in program history this year. Um, and, but, but all of Allegedly. It, all of it could be your wife. Don't watch. All of it could be wiped away if you beat Duke. Mm-hmm. And you had him on the ropes. You're up 13 at the under four timeout. See, the the, <laughs> the sophisticated take on this situation is there's no way that beating Duke would save my season. We are not NC State. You know what I mean? We do not put all of our chips in the oh, basket of one okay. game will define the season. Again, we are not losers. Um, We are winners. And Who we, lost the and, game? <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately, on this day, so, 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 the, the winners we happen, lost. We did not. The winners lost. You know? On this day, the winners <laughs> lost. And you hate to see that uh, <laughs> when the winners lose to cheaters. Um, you, you really, you, you just can't do anything about that. Um, but I just have to point out for people that have not watched the tape, and again, it's hard to really, you know, go back and decide what really lost this game. But I know what really lost this game, and it was an Alex O'Connell three mm-hmm. when the score was seventy nine to seven. I believe, with about 125 left in regulation. Alex O'Connell, a man whose father played at Duke, who knows about the mystique and the energy that you need to conjure up some, you know, devilish things. Uh, and he did it. He hit a three at the top of the key, and that's when the run started. And I felt it in my loins. I do remember you turning to me and saying something about it, yeah. I was like, it's over. This happens a lot because this I – This is over. It's, it's, it's well documented on this program that uh, when, you oh, and I, when you and I watch games together, North Carolina gets their hearts ripped out. So I have a lot of experience of having you turn to me and say, well, that's game. When, like, when Carolina's up 10 or something, mm-hmm. and then the opponent hits a shot, and you turn to me and you're like, well, we lose. And I'm uh, and I, I have a yes. lot of experience, a lot of I, re- I remember that happening a lot of times where I think to myself how he, Tate is out of his mind. He's just being pessimistic. There's no way it could be true. But for some reason, I felt it as well. When you turned it, you said Alex O'Connor, you're like, there it is. We're screwed. Uh, I mean, it was like I remember thinking take like the lead. It was a six point game yeah. at that point. And in my mind, I'm uh-huh. like, it's over. Yeah, because it's, that's how it works with Duke. It, it's a slow domino effect to hell. And and you just fall into the pit of fire slowly, slowly. You've been, you've been watching. I swear to God, you've watched the last five to ten minutes of this game. For people that times, don't you, believe the evil behind this, uh, 6.6 seconds on the clock, 96-95, Trey Jones at the free throw line. If if you had one more decimal point, it would be 6.6. Well, the six is already yeah, included, already, yes. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. all you see is Coach K in the background, hands whispering to himself. <laughs> Who knows what's happening? But something bad is happening. Something bad is coming. And again, it started with an air ball and it ended with a lay-in. Uh, and I know people will point out Lorenzo Charles in 1983 and say it's happened before. But a Trey Jones air ball leading to a Wendell Moore layup. Oh, that's a good win. spin. Trey Jones is actually not that good because he airballed the game winner. I mean, that's my a, goodness. You've you've watched this so many times that I it, it just feels like as I'm watching you watch it, it feels like you're just watching it until you no longer feel anything. Like this well, is what you're I'm trying to do. You're to trying see to just who to blame, you know, you're... besides myself for being a bad fan and not believing early on. And I and I take that on the chest. You know what I mean? Right here. Just like the D on the chest. I'll take <laughs> it. Right at the heart. Leaky Black was right on this is in regulation, not the not the second, not mm-hmm. the air ball, but the first shot 
that he hit, Trey Jones. Uh, Leaky Black was right there. And it was very similar to the Cam Newton not diving for the football in the Super Bowl. Ooh. And I'm not going to compare the two things, but it almost was exactly like that. And in my mind, I'm like, dive on the floor, Leaky. You yeah. can do it. Again, Leaky Black's my favorite player on the team. But Leaky Black in his mind is thinking, there's no way that Trey Jones can pick this ball up and hit a shot. He probably will airball it, is what he's probably thinking to himself. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he picks up, hits the shot. And then when that went in, overtime for people that are thinking, oh, well, Carolina's at home. Of course, they're going to win overtime. Absolutely not. And that's why it's similar <laughs> to the 2004 game. Because when they went to overtime, Jawad Williams hit a three to go to overtime in that game. We're very excited. We're going to go to overtime. Rashad McCants hit a three to tie it at 81 in that game. We're very excited. We have a chance. We might win. Chris Duhon up the floor laying <laughs> game over. And you know what Chris Duhon did after that game, which I'll never forget? He gave all the credit to Coach K. And, again, I feel like Trey Jones probably did the same thing. Uh, I didn't watch any of the postgame stuff, but I'll just say he did. And I don't know why, but something's going on there. It's very Duke. It's very different, and it hurts. And as a Carolina it fan, hurts. they have no chance in Cameron. They have no chance. No chance. So this was, this was the game. This is how you do it. This was like the – is this like uh, Louisville last year when Duke came back against Louisville and it basically just ruined Louisville's season? Where they just couldn't, the season they couldn't is ruined. It's already been ruined, but I'm saying like – like, is Carolina ever going to be competitive in any game the rest of the season? Yes. Yes. <laughs> they will be. You're not giving up that because much. Because you oh, know yeah. what I've decided? You know what? I, I don't even need to worry about this Duke rivalry. We're Again, we're 139 to 113. they got a long ways to catch oh, yeah. up. Um, I'm worried about Virginia, and I'm worried about the South oldest rivalry. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, right. I'm locked in on that rivalry because you know what I've decided? I don't like Virginia. That's what I – That's what I, I, you know what? I don't need Duke. I don't have to worry about Duke. I don't like that public school up north. And I'm going after Virginia. So that's where I'm at. Uh, so in the bar, when Trey Jones hit the first shot, <laughs> um, it, I, I heard sounds I've never heard in my life. And I've, I've watched a lot of sports. I've mm. watched a lot of sports. I've been in a lot of North Carolina bars with you. when they've the, what, what was it, two years ago, the game in Cameron? I think it was two years ago when you guys were up big at halftime and then Duke came that's, back. That's Duke is a second half I, team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one was I was at a Carolina bar out here in LA for that one as well. It was some of the some of the people that were there the other on Saturday were there that day too. And they, yes. they, they brought it up it's to me. They're like Titus. Uh, yes, they're like Titus. They, why they is he here? Me. Yeah, people were very. <laughs> and I gotta upset. say, I am the worst fan in the sense like I genuinely am cheering for North Carolina. I want to see my friends happy. My mom and it uh, makes it so much worse. Yes. It makes it so much worse because well I didn't she she disagreed because the one time she saw me was <laughs> they were playing Ohio State. State. She's like see he doesn't see, like he doesn't Carolina. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I I genuinely cheer for Carolina but oh. I, I make it worse because um I'm I'm the optimist because I don't mm. actually I don't have a stake in it emotionally like you guys do. So as it's starting to unravel I'm like, I don't know. You guys are still up 13 with four minutes. You guys are fine. All you got to do is make these free throws. And the whole room is like, shut the hell up, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not making this. Mm-hmm. And then and then uh, he hits the shot, and my attitude is just like, ooh, that sucks. And everyone's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you if you don't shut up. Uh, that's me. And I know I do it. But when he made that first shot, the noise <laughs> – the only way I could describe the noise is if you brought like a puppy into the bar at that exact moment and just like shot it in the face. That was the noise that the collective bar made. It was just like, ah! like a, a screech. Not, not to be dramatic, scream. but this is worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a moaning, screaming, shrieking. Like, oh. There's a lot of nose leaning up. No, 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 no. It was it was inevitable. It was, it it was, was inevitable. Uh, it, it just it was quite an experience. Exactly yeah. like. 
it always does, which is for whatever reason, K has some sort of power in the Dinom over Roy. There's some sort of seniority. So, well, at play. let's talk about this. What yes. is uh are 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 we calling for Roy's head on a, a spike after this game? <laughs> the first of all, the foul. Yes. The, so, the decision to foul. To give you an update on Carolina basketball against Clemson, the streak was on the line. They have never lost to Clemson at home, and they were up three they decide not to foul Clemson of course hits a three we go to overtime North Carolina loses that game in overtime so this time around Roy's saying dadgummit we're gonna foul these boys and put them on the free throw line again North Carolina has missed 15 free throws in this game by doing this you're going to extend the game but also you have to do this because you didn't do it against Clemson because the the, the people on inside Carolina forums will rip you to shreds exactly if you don't do yes and, and poor Greg Barnes has to just sit there and think about his game story he has to write about all this he's like my goodness uh but as this plays out right he fouls we go to the free throw line somehow trade uh, my, my, my mom I called her after the game she's in tears right I mean she's like I you know I've done all these good deeds today your neighbor our neighbor is sick and I've been over there tending to him all day and I made him food I've just done all the good deeds and she was like and Tate let me just tell you the devil won today and you know again it hurts it hurts when that happens and you know this whole situation this whole day it was all setting up for a good day it was supposed to be a good day mark and uh it all just went to hell in a handbag you know what you know what is especially for my mother my mother probably you know wove a basket for that poor neighbor yeah. and it still didn't work out i was thinking about this after uh after i went home and just kind of like thought back on the game and everything i really think and i'm this isn't hyperbole i genuinely believe this that if at the under 4 timeout <laughs> You, Roy takes out all five of his players, and you put five clones of me mm-hmm. into the game. I really think North Carolina wins because I would not miss free throws. Mm-hmm. I would not like turn the ball over. And that's Are you really, saying you're better than Andrew Playtech? Because there is an argument I'm, to be made, I'm, and I'm, I will probably take you. I'm not saying I'm great. What I'm saying is that is how improbable this comes. Like you could have put five me's out there, and you probably win the game. And yet, like there, there were a million things that had to go wrong for Carolina to lose, and all million of them happened. Um, it's staggering. So a friend it's, of mine is a data scientist, and uh, and she works at Nike, and she sent me the win probability at each uh, time mark uh, as as timestamp as it went down. You know, and it was like ninety six percent at five minutes. It was like ninety four at three minutes. It was like ninety one with five <laughs> seconds left. Literally, was she nice. was she was like literally like look at this. Like she was like this is actually improbable. Which I say, witchcraft heresy, <laughs> Coach K. How's do you he take, get away with do it? Do you take any personal responsibility as a Carolina fan that your team cannot make free throws? Absolutely. And as my mother put it, Coach K shackles you to the free throw line until you make 100. For every player, before you leave practice, mm-hmm. you have to make 100 free throws. Coach K is a fundamental man. He's like, we will make every free throw, everyone on this team. Roy Williams, we don't know why he's not doing that. Let's make these kids make some free throws. This is the old Carolina adage that Coach K is doing all the fundamental things and that we're just, you know, being lacking. As if Roy Williams right. is not running real practices. Um it hurts. Again, I will keep saying this, but free throws are always, you know, a problem with this team all year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really surprised that they missed all these free throws. I am surprised that one, they did not give North Carolina the ball back when played. On the Tech, final, yes, the, the, the final, final play, play that it all worked out. Wendell Moore, who made the shot at the end, which was a great play. Give him credit. Wendell Moore, I thought he was going to go to North Carolina. A lot of crystal ball projections thought he was going to go to North Carolina. The bag thought that he would go to Duke, and he went to Duke. <laughs> Vernon Carey, another kid who I love, and uh, I think he's a great basketball player. He fouled out of this game but had a great first half, 18 points in the first half. Goes over, shakes Roy Williams' hands, and I think to myself, would have gone to Carolina, <laughs> would have loved him ha- to have him at Carolina. The bag dictated different. The bag was a different shade of blue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it hurts. It hurts. Uh, again. But 
when you look at that play, Playtech gets fouled, and I'm thinking at least it's off Duke. And then when they get the ball back, that's when it was. A, I, I almost didn't want to watch. I, the I do last love. Sequence. I, I yes. tweeted about that this that uh, uh, Valentine had two calls where immediately he makes the call and, and then all runs. in one motion runs over to the screen. <laughs> yes, yes. He points the direction. First, and let runs. me get the call so I get on camera, and then I will figure it he out. He makes the call. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna initiate the review. Yes. I'm gonna be the one that does yes. the review. Yes. I'm gonna make the final yes. call. Yes. And all the other two wrestlers are looking like, what, what are we out here for? I don't. I'm very confused. Which comes back to the whole point <laughs> where, like, what is the point of this? You know what I mean? It was just like TV. Teddy knew this was enough of a moment to make it a moment about him, which is you know why this basketball game I think always take some sort of weird center stage at the, at the time because it's just a great game. North Carolina has for people that haven't watched them play, I don't know who played yeah. that night because that looked nothing like the North Carolina team we watched. By far the all best year. they've played all year. Unbelievable. They, they played yeah. North Carolina basketball until the final 3 or 4 Keeling minutes. Keeling was killing. I don't know what got in hit. I don't know we who don't possessed know. his body. We yeah. don't know. Playtech was, was actually playing pretty well for I mean for Playtech. Playtech had a good he was game. playing pretty well, yeah. There was there was no fault to be found with this team other than the fact that in the end it did not work out. And, and making I, free throws, I don't know, maybe not going 55% from the free throw line. We did not expect them to make the free throws, okay? We don't expect them to even be in the game. <laughs> what and about that was what, what about was the I I pointed this out on Twitter as well. The uh the defensive effort. So, I Carolina was unbelievable defensively all game. They're scrappy as hell, sticking their hand like Hit, stripping it from drivers, yes. uh, uh, deflecting passes. All game they were being – like basically in the first half, Carey was the only one that could do anything for Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with like three minutes left, four minutes left, whatever it is, suddenly they just stopped playing defense altogether. And the thought is we're, we're up now it, – it was it was like the prevent defense. It was like uh, what we're trying to do right now is avoid fouling yeah, and giving tight. up threes. Yes. And I thought at the time, like I even said something to you at the time, I was like, "This is you have to at least turn the ball handler." You know the zigzag drill you do in high mm-hmm. in junior high basketball, mm-hmm. where they dribble this way, you cut them off, yeah. you drill. Like just do that a few times. I don't. I'm not saying foul no, the guy. I'm not no. saying just Cole, don't don't Cole let Anthony, Ty's jo- or, Cole or Trey Jones. Like, let me just run by Trey Jones, let him lay it in, yeah. so I can get the ball back and then try to lay it in, so I can yeah. be the hero. And uh, that was the only thing that I saw. That I saw some people on some message boards say that you know Cole Anthony wanted to have the hero moment, right? He wanted to hit that big layup to to say that was the shot that sealed the game for yeah. North Carolina, and he took some really bad shots late, and those shots led to breaks which led to easy layups and led to an Alex O'Connell three at the top of the key, mm-hmm. which then sealed the fate of this North Carolina team. So if there's anyone to blame, it's again myself for believing in this team <laughs> and thinking that they would be able to figure this out because it, it felt exactly like it did in the end, which was Duke was, it was inevitable. They would win this game and it, it hurts to have your heart broken. I just want to point out that Moses was in here. We were doing a video yes. uh, where we did a prediction with Moses. The only prediction he's ever done on this program ever. He, he was picking the Carolina Duke game. He picked Carolina. It, Which, the, again, regulation. It Carolina seemed, won that game. It seemed absurd for Moses to pick Carolina at the time. Mm-hmm. The game's bearing itself out, and you're like, oh, my God, my dog is a genius. And then yes. your boys, it, think about how much money we could have made off Moses' pick. Like, if he goes 1-0, then we start charging people for his picks. Yes. They blew it. They just blew it. Like, we we, we had a narrative built where Moses is, like, a, a, a genius dog, a, 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 a mm. I don't know, man. Apologize to Mo. What I'm saying is apologize uh, to my dog. <laughs> what I'm saying is you Leaky stole his Black, <laughs> dive on the floor, Leaky, please. And I know that he will next time, and that's why I love him. I know Wait, he is will this, next time. Is this, uh, is this the most painful loss to Duke that you've – that you No. Just because the team not. sucks? No, no, no. no. Well, but, but, like, if this – Okay. This, like, what do you mean? 
What do you mean? Because the team? No, this is this is this team. What's the most painful loss to Duke ever? Then when you Austin have Rivers, whole, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, for me. Okay, because I was still in school at the time, and when that happened, again, there was so much hope. And in 04, there was so much hope. It was like North Carolina basketball is back. Roy Williams is here. We're back. Right. We're gonna make a run. We got Rashad McCants, Raymond Felton, Sean May, Bang a Bing. We're gonna do it. Same with 2012. We got Kendall Marshall, John Henson, Harrison Barnes. Boom. <laughs> I look at this team. I'm like. Please play tech. Just don't dribble it off your feet. Come on, play tech. Don't travel. Come on, Keeling. Just hit a wide open jump shot. So in that sense, it is not pain. It's more I feel for them, right? This was the one thing they would have had because everything they've done so far, you blew it. You know, I mean, you lose to Clemson. You really blew it. You know what I mean? You were a top five team and you're not, you know, like you really fell off off the rails. We've had injuries. We've had all types of things with this team, right? There's always been the problem. So this was the one moment for them. So I feel more for them, the kids, the players themselves than I do for me, right? It's all about the kids. Yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah, I'm hurt. Like, you know, of course, everyone's hurt. But at the same time, we really wanted everyone. I wanted Christian Keeling to have a moment, you know? I wanted Andrew Playtech mm-hmm. to have a moment, and they did. Walker Miller had a moment. He came in and made one free throw. Everyone was freaking out about that. Should have made two. And then Trey Jones had multiple moments. Yeah. Trey Jones, let me it, just say, the Jones family, uh, stamp them in. They're Duke kids. Matthew Hurt, stamp them in. He's a Duke kid. Uh, there's a, Alex O'Connell, stamp them in. Official Duke kid. Vernon Carey, stamp them in. Carolina kid. Uh, Wendell Moore, stamp them in. In between. We don't know. Okay. A little bit of both. But we learned a lot in this game. Like, who should have gone where? Vernon Carey, why did you not go to North Carolina? We needed you. We needed you, Vern. Come on, Vern. You feel better? I don't feel great. Uh, I do feel like I've unloaded the clip. Yeah, though. yeah. That's what I needed. That's what, exactly what you needed. You wanted to record after the game. I really did. I, you I said think, that. I, I think I would have killed somebody, honestly. And not to say that like I'm that a is... psychopath or anything, but like... My well, goodness, was I upset. That's I my favorite upset. thing with, uh, once again, the Titus curse prevails. Uh, you've, I've never, no, that's not true. We, I've seen Carolina win one time with you, and it was against UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say against Wake Forest. It was against UCLA. In Vegas. Well, UCLA was, was like up at halftime or something. Yeah, so. Um, so, I, I <sighs> one, of, one of my great joys. 6.6 <laughs> seconds on the clock in overtime, folks. <laughs> Six I do not enjoy two. seeing you sad, but there is like something hilarious about watching the internal struggle of you pretending like you never cared in the first place when yeah. you very clearly care. No, I definitely, yeah, it's not. A and you're like, deal. like the yeah. horn sounds, and you're like, whatever. I knew we were gonna lose anyway. And you walk away. I'm like, you want to, you want to go do a podcast right now? And you're like, absolutely. Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll see not. you on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you in two days. Let me go figure out what happened in this game. So, what's your final? Assess the final blame. Divvy up 100 percent of the blame. What percentage goes where towards Roy, towards yourself for believing for mm. Moses, for picking Caroline and jinxing mm-hmm. them for um, the annoying guy at the bar that wouldn't shut up when we were trying to watch the game? Yes. What, where, where, where do you assess all the blame in this? I blame Trey that Jones. annoying guy. Uh, he, he was a Carolina fan, so all of his bad energy. He, 100%. He, he curated this moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I will take the blame 100%. You take 100% chest. of yeah, the, I'll blame. Take the blame. Yeah. Wow. Put it on me. Because, again, North Carolina gets a lot of vitriol because people want to hate me and then hate North Carolina extended. You know what I mean? Because I look like the North Carolina kid they want to hate. The wine and cheese crowd. They're like, who's this kid? Like, I hate him. And look, I'll take it on the chest. Hate me now. Hate me now. Hate us while we're down. But we'll be back. But you will have a message They will come back. North Carolina will come back. (laughs) I do believe that. Please, Nike. Nike. Jordan, someone, get us back. Well, Vernon Carey. We need do, Vernon Carey. Do you have a, a comment on the jerseys? Do you blame the jerseys at all? I do blame the, the jerseys. The jerseys were bad. I blame Nike. Very they, bad jerseys. They made those jerseys. And yeah. they slapped an ugly jump man on our jerseys. Um, 
I will say this. There was a lot of people at the Indiana game, right, that, yeah. that was, like, cool to have them in the moment. North Carolina, where are our guys? You know, this is the yeah. Duke-North Carolina game. Why is Michael Jordan not there? Again, well, the this team, was, you know, doesn't inspire you to come I to this think, game, but just I think come. this was the worst collection of individual talent in the history of Duke-North Carolina, or certainly in the, my lifetime. I'm sure in the 1920s, the guys Thanks, Coach Williams. The guys weren't <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm reading off the sheet. That's that's Roy Williams. <laughs> that was a quote after that's the game. He was like, "What did Sorry, I tell but... you guys?" <laughs> um, but the fact that the game was so entertaining, the fact that uh, it is good for the rivalry. Take that spin. Yes. Take, no, it take is. that positive. Best uh, rivalry in all sports. It really is. There it really, is. really is. I mean, because this would be the game that it would be bad, and somehow yeah. it was amazing. It's always good. It always yeah. finds a way. It always delivers. Trey Jones, you could give him a million chances to hit the rim, and that. Exactly. Was it a lane violation? I didn't actually look look back. When when it happened initially, I thought it was a lane violation. See, probably. <laughs> I'm just trying to tee you up. Was <laughs> it a double dribble then when he got it back? He, he kind of got it knocked out of his hands. It was Leaky a double dribble. Leaky Black should have... <laughs> God, Leaky. I'm just oh, trying to instigate. If he could have just grabbed that We'll basketball. move on. Um, any any final thought? No, we're no, that's okay. It. I all mean, right. look, again, 139 to 113. That's all it that matters. That's all it is. Um, all right, let's talk to my dad. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pivot away from Tate's misery, and we're gonna call my dad. Talk to him about uh, let's the, talk about your dad's misery. <laughs> my dad's yeah. misery. Uh, Indiana, Purdue, Bob Knight stories. Um, we're gonna get him on the phone right after this. All right, we now welcome on my father, Bill Titus, one of the biggest Indiana basketball fans I know, but more importantly, the single biggest Purdue hater I know. Um, I, I've been making comments about my dad for a while on this show, Tate, about his disdain for Purdue, his his disdain for all things Purdue, which is made all the more hilarious because his wife yes. is is Purdue basketball. Your she, lovely mother. Yeah, my has mother. Has put up with this every day of her life. So uh, I've been wanting to have Dad on for a while, uh, and then this weekend, Saturday, two massive events happened in Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. One, Bob Knight came back uh, and was obviously honored at halftime of the game and smiled, and you know, all the former players were there, and there was tears and everything. But number two, IU got their ass kicked by mm-hmm. Purdue for the sixth time in a row. Um, so we had to have Dad on. Dad, uh Let's start with let's start with uh let's start with Bob Knight. Can we start with Knight? We'll start with the good part. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, what? Where did you watch the game live? Did you uh were you watching the halftime? I watched. Thing I watched all of it. I watched it all except the last four minutes. <laughs> you turned the game off in four minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> and what what was the significance of those four minutes? It was just you couldn't stomach anymore after after watching Purdue get this. I again? had no interest in seeing Purdue celebrate a victory in, in Bloomington. Explain to the people you you went to Indiana win. What, what years were you there? Because you were there during the night heyday. I was there from seventy seven to eighty. Okay. I and, was be, I was between national championships, by the way. Oh, nice! And you um you were roommates with Butch Carter. You were around the basketball team. You um. We're very aware of Bob Knight and his presence. He, he he had a big impact on your friend circle, so to speak. Absolutely. Okay. So um, explain to what I want um, you to do is explain why was Bob Knight coming back to Indiana such a big deal? Because we have a lot of listeners who are younger who just know Bob Knight as a guy who choked someone one time, threw a chair another time, and was just kind of a dick to people. Um, so I'm sure they're confused as to why the internet and the world at large was losing their minds when uh, Bob Knight came back to Indiana. Well, first of all, there are a number of folks in Indiana that think Knight ought to still be coaching the basketball team. And secondly, I think it's a thing that kind of Knight was uh, expressing forgiveness for all that, uh, for staying away for the way he was treated back in 2000 when he got fired. 
Um, there's so many loyal folks to him and to the championship teams, but those are people, like you said, Mark, they're people of age that remember all that stuff because not much has happened since he's left. I, I noticed you, you, I couldn't help but notice that you said that he was mistreated. So you're, you're of the opinion that he should not have been fired, correct? Well, that, yeah, I think so. I think these guys know what they're getting into when they go down there. And I think the uh, administration um, kind of overstepped boundaries at times. Yeah. I think the people don't know how much good the man did for a number of people. Uh, not that that should outweigh some uh, unethical things that may have gone on. You know, there are a number of folks that still that were there. Not everybody, not all the former players love the guy. I mean, there's no question about that. Butch is one. I think Dockage is one. But one of the neat things about those two guys is both of them, although they have their criticisms of Knight, they're very, very complimentary to his basketball coaching skills and the way he did things on the court and timeouts and just a genius that way. Mm. It was a lot of the off-court stuff and in between. But there are also people calling for this year's team to be treated in a very similar way. You, you brought up the the, the um, his, his his coaching ability. You were a high school coach after you graduated from Indiana. You became a high school basketball right. coach. And from the stories right. you've told me, you seem to be cut from the Bob Knight cloth. Was this intentional? Uh, and can you speak to, like, at playing playing in high school basketball in Indiana um, – towards the end of Knight's career, like after Knight's career, but I saw the influence that like all the teams that run motion offenses. And uh, I, can, can you speak to the influence of Bob Knight on, on Indiana high school basketball at large and how, w was this something that you consciously did as, did you model your coaching after him? Well, I did. I mean, offensively and defensively and to a fault with the officials, that was not very good. I, uh, I, I believe Knight that, uh, you know, he, he, he would make statements like I do this for a living and I spend 40, 80, or way, way more, 40, 80 hours, 100 hours a week on this. I study the game, and these guys show up for a couple hours and <laughs> screw it all up for me. So I was really hard on officials, Mark. I wasn't very good, and I look back and, and think how awful it was. But, yeah, offensively, we ran a motion offense and taught kids how to read screens. And if you're going to you know, set a screen, your, ball, your back is either to the basket or to the, to the ball. There was no in-between, none of those camp offense screens where you down screen and guys pop out to the wing. Mm -hmm. You know, we never set ball screens, ever. That's a big Bob you know, Knight all that, yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just didn't do it because you brought another defender in and, and things like that. But with the three-point line, I think Knight didn't stay up uh, offensively with the motion offense with the three-point line, especially where it was back in the day. Yeah. Uh, how many games were you ejected from as a coach? Um... Well, we can talk more about technical. I was, yeah, these uh, are technicalities. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, technical <laughs> fouls and technicalities. I was uh, I was suspended for one game for having uh, uh, yeah for having too many technicals. Officials didn't like it when you asked them if they've ever played this game. <laughs> I can tell you that. That's always yeah. That's a very Bobby Knight trope, and I, I think the main thing that we wanted to get across with all, all the stuff about Bob Knight was just to point out the basketball version. Like you know, Michael Jordan said that Bob Knight was the best basketball coach mm -hmm. he ever played for when he played for you know him with the Olympics, and that's saying oh, something sure. considering all those coaches that have you know been in that mold, whether it be Dean Smith or, or all those guys back then. So we just wanted you to give the context of why Bobby Knight is so revered in that place. In that yeah, space. and that that there's, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Dad. That um, it's it's easy to to just pick apart all the bad things he did and i don't mean to minimize it it's just like he, he's right. a great example of how human beings are complex because uh all the guys who knew him best is as i mean isaiah is the best example would you wouldn't you say dad of like guys who played for him that that kind of feel like they owe their lives to him in a certain way that um 
I mean, just just from all I've heard about Isaiah is like he, he his mom loved Bob Knight, correct? Like if if he made he made him the man he is today and all that kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. But he was extremely hard on him, too. And I think yeah. that's why Isaiah's mom wanted him to go there. You know, and, and, I, and I never saw Isaiah get any preferential treatment. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I didn't see things to where, you know, he's getting new cars and money and, and all mm-hmm. that. You know, here's the thing, too, guys. The way Knight treated people, and Mark, you asked, when I played high school basketball, coaches had a towel wrapped up in athletic tape. And if you weren't low enough in a defensive stance, they'd swing that thing and leave welts on your calves. <laughs> So, so my generation, it's like, what's the big deal? He's grabbing a kid. Yeah, right. If I had gone home and told my father that the coach was hitting me because I wasn't in a defensive stance, he would say, well, if you get in a defensive stance, <laughs> would he hit you? I said, no. He said, well, what the heck are you talking to me for? Get lower in defensive stance and he won't hit. I mean, how stupid are you? Yeah. So and that's Indiana that's basketball. That's the way it was. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fundamentals. Absolutely. You gotta be fundamentally sound. What 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 were your emotions as you were watching? Like what what was going through your head as a guy who's who's been an Indiana basketball fan, a, a student? Um, you followed the program as Knight came back. Were, were you just as shocked as everyone else? Um, I was because he's so hard headed. But mm-hmm. I will tell you, and I can tell you a story here in a minute about all my experiences with Coach Knight, personal experiences. But it was neat to see him be back in there. And and Mark from a from a emotional standpoint it was neat for me to see his reactions because no one's ever seen that to where he's you know just he actually uh, smiled almost in tears yeah well he smiled he was yeah there you go (laughs) and in in tears and and, but it was it was neat to see what it meant to people i think tickets were going for three grand or something just to be there when he came back and and he moved back to bloomington i think part of that was with some of the dementia and things the players wanted to get him back I, here's what I thought, guys. I had mixed emotions because I know some things, like I said, that haven't been out. Um, I know the way he treated some people. Uh, it's, uh, you know, those are tough things for me to say. It's all, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows when he comes back because it's not. Um, and it was hard for me to, to know those things and see see him come back and be beloved. But, you know, people don't, you know, nobody hired him to do anything except coach basketball. And he did that extremely well. People are still proud of proud of those five banners. That yeah, that's what up. that's what I find fascinating. That's what I think like Knight's mindset always seemed to be was like he has a responsibility to his players, and that's it. And he doesn't care if he's a dick to everybody else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's like, I I want to make mm-hmm. my players the best men they can be, the best basketball players they can be. Mm-hmm. And if everyone else hates me, it was they tunnel can, vision. Yeah, they can yeah. kiss my ass. And it seems like for the most part, the players, like you said, there are players that don't like him, Dockage and and Butch and various others, but. The ones that love him, that's what was so crazy to me, just to, just to see Isaiah's out there crying. Isaiah Thomas, who oh, sure. has accomplished everything there is to accomplish as a basketball player, and um, just to be out there with his college coach at halftime of a meaningless Big Ten game, um, he's, he's like crying to see his coach back. You know, like all that kind of stuff. There's obviously more going on than just him being addicted to people. So it's just, I don't know. It's all pretty fascinating. Oh, absolutely. He was as hard on Isaiah as he was anybody else, Mark. Those guys, they all tell you the ones that absolutely and, – and even like I say, Butch and Dockage probably would say similar. But those those kids show up there as, literally as kids, and they leave as men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about kids that were great kids, and you're talking about Knight and his coaching ability. I mean, he got kids. He, I always said he could take a good player and make them great but he could also take a great player and make him good. 
<laughs> and that's what people knocked uh, you know Dean Smith for. He he would he wouldn't be able to take the grade and make them good, you know, right? That's what, oh, that's, well, that's the difference. Well, but here's the difference between Knight and coaches today, guys. Knight not only explained to kids to work to the point where they understood what their role on that team was, but they he made dang sure that they accepted that role or they weren't around very long. And I'm not sure that happens today. I think kids understand their roles today. I'm not sure they all accept them. If you were coaching and and you were, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase that. Like Bob Knight, I, I, Bob Knight himself obviously couldn't work in college basketball. But in your opinion, do you think like that kind of style? Like Frank Martin would probably be the closest thing we have in college basketball to that. There, that kind of style is obviously dying out. And even that, like you know, Frank yeah. Martin is a bit of a teddy bear behind the scenes, right? You know, I think like all act. the players now, like. You want to be a, a player's coach. You want to be like a John Calipari, a Bruce Pearl. Like that seems to be what people love is the not necessarily that Cal's not hard on his team. Yeah, it seems to be what the players love. Right. I'm not. I am so old. What's all this stuff and turning the lights out and having fireworks and all this crap before a game and a video? What's that about? Let's play basketball. You know, what about these locker rooms? These guys go to work out in the gym and they go to shoot some hoops. They end up shooting pool oh. for two hours and going back to their dorm. Oh, my God. How soft are these kids? And I have, I've argued with people from your generation, you got to do that stuff to keep up. Well, screw that. If guys are coming because you've got a pool table in your locker room, then they don't or love got- Indiana basketball. That's what you're saying. And I think that's, that's the right. question. Yeah, that's where we are that's now. Right. So, I mean, you see Bob Knight come back. It's kind of, you know, you, you put a bow on this closure. Story. Yeah, there was closure there, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah. we, we now kind of look forward to Archie Miller after the game said it was nice for, for Bob Knight to have that moment for Indiana basketball at large. So when you look at Indiana basketball moving forward, what is the philosophy? Is it taking that Bob Knight philosophy and putting it in the new generation? Or is it saying, hey, Archie Miller, here's our ping pong table, and let's recruit these kids. You know what I mean? Dad, and you're, that's what Dad, you're what, former, what do you want, Dad? You're a former athletic director. What are you doing if you're the IUAD? How do you get How do you get IU back? How on do track? we get IU where we need to go? Well, my first thought is to take all that stuff out and make the locker room like it was in '76. <laughs> 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 Only but Brad book, Davison is but, coming to Indiana at that point. Well, that's <laughs> all right. I'll take I'll take twelve of him, and we'll be good. You know, it's uh, hooks on the wall. Heck with all this other fluffing stuff. You know, what's what's these oxygen rooms? What's all that stuff about for recovery? Get your butt in shape and play, you know? Run a few stairs. These kids call home to mommy and worry about all that stuff. And and uh, you can tell. Watch them play. You know, that game Saturday. There's no leadership. Mm. They don't play hard. For goodness sakes, they play four-minute segments. There's 18 timeouts during a game and halftime. How could you not play hard? Well, th- this is this is a question I had written down for you. What are staples of Indiana basketball? Because I, I I like to talk about that on the podcast too. About just uh, uh, one thing that matters to me is is the idea of Indiana basketball. This this the the mythology of we play it at a higher level than people from Indiana play basketball at a higher level than anyone else. Um, so, what to you, Dad, are the tenets of great Indiana basketball? Well, first, it's defense. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's getting lost in a team sharing the basketball, moving with a purpose, you know, screening with a purpose, penetrating with a purpose, either by pass or dribble, and you see very little or none of that. You know, you take pride in the, in the university. You take pride in the way you carry yourself on and off the floor. You don't, uh, you don't go doing things guys shouldn't be doing, and, and it ought to be fair. It's a whole purpose, you know, for being down there. It's funny that the first thing you said was defense, uh, because that's exactly what Bob Knight was yelling to the crowd yeah. when he came in at halftime. He was just yelling <laughs> defense because yeah. you knew he was watching the first half, and he was like, "Well, this team just play some defense." <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. 
You were Absolutely. yelling. Dad was yelling with him. He's like, yeah, you got me on. Absolutely. I mean, it is. You just you get down and you do things that you, you work harder than other teams work. Practices are more difficult than other mm-hmm. teams have. You know, what's the old saying about the harder you work, the, the harder it is to, to surrender? Mm-hmm. And we've got guys now that they surrender in a hurry. It seems. It seems. I don't know these kids personally. It seems, but that's a good save. That's this. a good save. From a distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, here, I will tell you this. I do believe that IU has the Big Ten Player of the Year. I think they have a guy that's contributed to more victories than any other player in the Big Ten. Now, IU hasn't won all of them. I think I know where he's going with this. I think well, I'm I, not naming names. I don't want to. I, I think I'm gonna, you want me to say it for you. I'm gonna. Say, I'll finish the thought for you. It's. I, I think I know where he's going. I think he's gonna say Devonte Green is the best player for the other team. For the other teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, he's but, a secret yeah, weapon yeah. for the conference. Yeah, yeah. I think that's oh, what he said. Yeah, he's, I think that's where he's. And going I'm not at. so sure. Once or once or seven on Saturday as a senior guard. Devonte Green one. does represent everything that's that my dad just said is important and it's like the, all the old heads of Indiana Devontae mm-hmm. Green's the exact opposite um but he's for oh, the absolutely. new era because you can say that his brother Danny Green won the NBA championship right. and you can recruit kids that way right right Danny so, Green's yeah, brother yeah, yeah. Well, plays yeah, for well, Indiana I've always been real concerned about IU's players family members <laughs> <laughs> all right we got to get to the point this is this is why the people really wanted to hear from you today um Purdue Purdue has now won six in a row over Indiana they've won nine of the last ten okay this all is right, four good. in a row in Assembly Hall Dick Good. Vitale Good. said this is no longer a rivalry. Your right. thoughts, Dad. Your thoughts. Yeah, quickly. What do you have to, Message quickly. for the haters, Bill. Message for the well, haters. Well, none of those were for championships. <laughs> Who gives a rip? I use about championships and those banners, Tate. Now listen to this. You guys are going to like this data. Bobby Knight was born in 1940, okay? 80 years ago. He'll be 80 this year. Purdue brags about winning 24 Big Ten championships. 12 of those were before 1940. All right? So All that's right. half they of them. Won. Yep. Yep. yep, got it. Half of them. Were half of them. Since 1940, they've also obviously won 12. IU has won 19 Big Ten championships. Since 1940, Purdue's been to two Final Fours. IU has been to eight. There you go. Mm. Purdue has won zero national championships <laughs> since 1940. IU has won five. So how don't many, talk how to many, me Bill? about winning five? six games. Five since 19. So don't talk to me about 24 stinking Big Ten championships or beating the IU six games in a row. If you can't win championships, who gives a rip? What, what's your favorite memory of the IU Purdue rivalry? Um, probably. You got to think back a long way because recently is not. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to really. Yeah. Well, uh, other than you know, Watford shot against Kentucky and. I'm talking about my Which, experience. Oh, the Watford shot against Kentucky is the biggest shot against Purdue. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. The, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. I thought you, I, I think the biggest shot in IU history, yeah. But, yeah, he's smart, obviously. But against Purdue would be Butch hitting the uh, game winner in the NIT championship in New York. And that was back when the NIT mattered. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big yeah, It really big was because, Tate, they only, what, they let 32 teams in the NCAA at that time. Yep. So there were a lot of good, really good teams left to play there. But, uh other than that, I don't have a whole lot of – yeah, I can tell you um, I don't have a whole lot of love for that place. I can tell you Ohio State beating Purdue over there was one of my greatest <laughs> Purdue memories. But, uh, so, yeah. Uh, who, who, who do you hate – who did you hate the most? Who's your most hated Purdue player ever? Right, or ever? Just ever. Just right, ever, Chris, ever. Chris Kramer. <laughs> 
Chris Kramer. Pretty good. Chris Kramer's my age. Yeah. <laughs> so I, thought, yeah. I thought he was going to say, like, someone back when someone he was back, watching the yeah, games. Like, he's like, yeah, younger kid. He's like, Harms. <laughs> I hate Matt Harms so much. I hate that guy. I, well, he's, he's second. like Devontae he's Green. Second, yeah. He's second. <laughs> he's second. I like, listen, I like three Purdue people ever in my life Billy Keller. Yep. Robbie Hummel. Love Robbie. And, and Laura Newcomb. I love her. There you go. That's uh, what, speaking of which, what did mom do? Did she rub it in? Did she? Uh, was there any? No. She knows. Like, she knows. She knows. She knows what? She knows. She knows not to start that stuff. <laughs> Your dad starts rattling off IU accomplishments. <laughs> Your poor mother's like. My okay. dad's got a PowerPoint ready. Anytime my mom brings up Purdue IU, he's yeah. like, "Sit down. I'm going to show you these slides." Yeah. Yes. Look at these banners. How many of these are hanging? <laughs> these banners. Your dad uh, is ring culture in college basketball. He's banner culture. He's just like, look at the banners. He, it is it is brilliant, Dad, because you, you've positioned yourself where you can hate Purdue all you want, and then people get upset. There are probably people listening right now that are the Purdue fans that are very angry at how much you're you're crapping on Purdue. But then you always have the trump card, which is you're married to a Purdue legend, so you can always be like, you know, I'm obviously oh, not that. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's so. aware. But I, 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 it's very hard for me to go to a game. I don't care what they're playing on that campus and not get emotionally involved. <laughs> but I've learned over 63 years I can calm down a little bit. But, yeah, I don't have any love for that place. So Say something nice about Purdue basketball before we let you go. About about Purdue basketball? Yeah. Um, their arena is neat for college basketball. But great bathrooms. Yeah, Mackey Arena. Gives a great bathroom. <laughs> Congratulations well, can I, let me tell, let me tell, Can I say something about Knight? Please. Yeah. My first interaction with him, as I went to camp my senior year of high school, and I've got two buddies with me, okay? I'm leaning back at a lecture. I don't know if it was uh, Laskowski or someone was shooting free throws. I'm a senior. I don't need to hear anything about free throws. So I'm laying back like about ready to go to sleep. Knight notices me. Hey, you. I'm looking around like, oh, boy. So I don't take that shit from Scott May, and I don't take that shit from Quinn Buckner. I'm sure as a hell not going to take it from you. Get your ass out of here. And then, he, and then he skips over Mark's namesake, Mark Lozier, who was an Indiana All-Star and played at Michigan. And he goes, you. Then he looked at Mark and skipped over to the next guy and said, you go with him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you let Lozier stay. Because <laughs> Lozier can play. He's he like, I'm recruiting yeah. you. You can stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you other two clods are out of here. <laughs> so we go back to the door and Coach K comes up. He was back in 1974. Coach K is the only year there as an assistant. So he comes up and gets us, and we go back, and he takes us to Coach Knight's office. This was like on a Tuesday. You know, it's a week-long camp. He said, guys, we need to go apologize tonight so you can have a good rest of the camp. So I go in there, and what year are you? I said, I'll be a senior. And what year are you? I'll be a sophomore. Well, he's a young kid. You, you, you jackass, you ought to have been more mature than that and be an example and on and on and on. So I get, we leave, and he hits me so hard on the back on the way out, I stumble. This so is Coach I K? No, Coach Knight. Oh, Knight did. Okay. Coach Knight yeah. So I, took, I stopped and took a swing at it. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so anyway, the second time I had an interaction with Coach Knight, I had him in class when I went to IU. The first thing he says, guys, he walks into a classroom full of kids. I mean, the class fills up in a, in a hurry. So he walks in and he says, hey, how many of you kids have had coaches you didn't like? You know, over half the class, I mean, it's the whole, almost the whole class raises their hand. He goes, you know what? We never liked all you little bastards either. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, he goes, 
Here's the deal. That door locks at 8 o'clock. There'll be no tardies. If you're absent once, the best grade you can get is a B. If you're absent twice, the best grade you can get is a C. If you're absent three times, don't come back. You done failed the class. Wow. There it is. And you know, how many, you know what the attendance was like? It was unbelievable. Yeah. And he made everybody keep a notebook. I still have a notebook. And I'd really like for one of you two to ask me what grade I got in the class. A C probably, right? No, I had an it's an A plus, the only A plus on my transcript. Wow, look at that. Yeah, wow. how about that? I did that? lowball you, Bill. Way to go. Yeah, well, well, C's get degrees, Tate. So yeah, that there was you a good go. Guess. That's Carolina way. Um, exactly Carolina way. So anyway, that was that. And then I got to tell you, he had a he had a show, um, Bob Knight show, obviously, and that's the year back in eighty eighty one eighty uh, when Roosevelt Barnes and Isaiah got into it. Isaiah sucker punches Barnes, and that's all people see. But there's video uh, somewhere of Barnes slapping Isaiah. So Knight takes up for him. They go back to Purdue a few months later to play, and Purdue people are ripping Indiana and saying things about Knight's wife and all that. So Knight invites George King, who was the uh, the uh, athletic director for a long mm-hmm. time at, at Purdue. He refuses to go on the Bob Knight show. Um, he didn't like the show at all, and he was critical of it. So Knight, as a, as a fan, say, well, if he's not coming on, or a friend, said, I've got a donkey. So Knight, Knight brings this donkey onto a show and said, this donkey will express the same views as anybody from Purdue, and this is symbolic of Purdue. And Chuck Marlowe goes, well, what's his name? And Knight goes, well, his first name is Jack. But <laughs> Knight, his humor was unbelievable. The things he did, guys, for – for the library and for people behind the scenes was unbelievable. Um, but again, you can't, you can't deny that he did some things that uh, no, shouldn't mean, have been doing. It's, it's fascinating. Like I said, it's I, a great I, case. I, study. I, we, we don't yeah. condone the bad stuff, but the, I, we just wanted to point out that like, it's, you can't just condemn the man and, and pretend like he had a, a net negative impact on the world because he did it. That's the, that's what's crazy. It's like the dirty little secret that no one wants to admit is that Knights methods of coaching and teaching and all that actually work because like you said no one was absent to his class like all of his players graduated guys who played for him weren't in getting in trouble off the court so like as Absolutely. as as messed up as it is to say there's you know in this day and age when when that just you know we, we we know more about i don't know grabbing guys by the balls when they're on the bench is probably not a good way of coaching um at the same time anymore. like his yeah anymore it used to be hitting guys with towels wrapped in tape is not a not what you want. At the same time, like it worked. So that's that's the dirty little secret of Bob Knight is like, I don't know. Just, just play good defense. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just play good defense. If yeah. it doesn't cross an ethical line and it alters behavior, I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, there you go. I would have had no put that, Can we get that in a quote line? thing to put on the in the studio? If it doesn't cross an ethical line <laughs> and it works, Those I'm Those are the rules, it. yeah. yeah. Those are the rules. Yeah, and it, it, you know what? It was it was very clear, and I wouldn't have had any problem for you or Ryan to go down there and play, Mark. Mm-hmm. And you know that, Mark. You're out at Madison Square Garden, Tate, and Mark probably wouldn't tell you this, but this he's at Ohio State. Knight's covering the game for ESPN or whatever, and the night or Mark runs over and has, somehow sees Knight or chases down the ball and says, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Coach." Mark said something like, "Coach Knight." Mark. Uh, no, I said, "What's up, Knight?" Like Kent Harvey, I was trying to get him to grab my arm. It, yeah, <laughs> trying to get that swing at then. He's like, didn't I swing at your dad back in the day? You're like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So Tate, he said, he said something like, 
Mark said something like, I'm from Indiana, and I've always respected what she did at IU and on and on. And Mike goes, if you're from Indiana, and I was still coaching at Indiana, you sure as a hell wouldn't be on Ohio State's team. Yeah, that was that was one of the coolest <laughs> things that ever happened to me at Ohio State. Yeah, he said that to me. I was like, I, I was like, well, as it turns out, Coach, you haven't seen me play, so you would not have recruited me, but yeah. I, I respect yeah. the thought. For the people that don't understand, I thought that Mark was an Ohio State diehard until I went home to your house, and then I met your dad, yeah. and we did the full walkthrough, and I realized that you were the biggest disappointment for not going to Indiana. Yeah. He was like, if Mark would have just transferred back transferred. to Indiana – We'd be yeah, telling a different exactly. story. Um, all right. Well, Dad, thanks for joining us. Uh, we we it, it was very brave of you to face the music. People wanted to. Uh, this is the this this episode is all about tears. People want to to hear Tate cry about North Carolina losing to Duke. They want to hear you crying about Purdue. Um, and and it's very kind of you to uh, take time out of your day to. Hey, do I don't cry. We've got five banners, man. Yeah, there you and go. I love your mom. Oh, uh, and and by and off the air, share with us. We're we're in the scoops game. We want all these scoops. When you're early on and you're saying like, I got stories about night that I don't want to share all that. Just share them with us. We'll do a good way of uh, we'll 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 put cover in dirty, our tracks. dirty laundry. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. just cover our tracks and yep. pretend like uh, we don't we won't name sources. Uh, it's definitely not from you. So guys, everyone listening, if you hear a story about Bob Knight from us in the future, it definitely wasn't my dad that told us. Hundred percent not. Hundred percent not. All so, right, guys. All right. Thanks, Dad. See ya. Thanks, Coach okay, Titus. Right. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you to my dad. Uh, one of the, the the big takeaway from that day for me was uh, get rid of ping pong tables. Yeah, get rid of them. Uh, get get, of yeah, them. get rid of your nice locker rooms. Get rid of uh, any sort of distractions away from the fact that you are a basketball player and yeah. just play the game. Um, but we, we as we got done, I was just talking to you, and I was like, the last time we were in Bloomington, we saw Archie Miller, Coach Miller, and he was walking around the facilities, and you know he's being nice. You know he's asking things about you, checking in, and, and yeah. we're just like, you know, Coach Miller, what do you guys need to take the step? The same things we're asking your dad. Like, well, how do we get yeah, Indiana yeah. back? Let's get Indiana he's back. like, we got to get these facilities right. You yeah, know? it's like we got to get more ping pong tables. He's like our, lo- our, our locker room's <laughs> trash. We need more ping pong tables. It's like, how do we recruit these five stars? And that right there is the problem. Yeah. with the cultural war of Indiana yeah. basketball is uh, is the old heads like my dad want just like old school lockers and yes. And, yeah. I like to think no. that all those people just hate AAU. You know what I mean? They're my dad like... wants my dad wants IU to play in chucks. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, just walk and choose. Explain your walk. I meant to bring up the uh, they put like the state of Indiana on the back of the jerseys, like the little outline. Yes. And oh my god, he must have sent me seven texts about that, like over the course of however many weeks it was. Where he like every every time Indiana plays, like I hate the jer like the jerseys are horrible. I'm like they put one tiny little state oh. of Indiana. When will it happen? When will they put the names on the back of the jerseys? Because uh, that will be the day that Indiana fans actually It's over. Riot. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's I think over. the program will officially close. Closure will come be, that yeah, day. That will be Well, they taught they debated doing it um when Crean took over cuz it was going to be like like Penn State did it after yes. the Sandusky stuff because I think James Franklin, he was the coach right after yes. right yeah, after yeah. Paterno, he was or the first Bill guy. O'Brien. O'Brien, that's right. Yeah. Duh. O'Brien said I remember he said like um I, I want to put the names on the back because I want everyone to know who stayed, like who could have transferred and, and who was loyal to Penn State. I want everyone to know their names. And I think Indiana thought about doing something similar, um, even though the timelines. But, like, I remember when Crean took over, it was like a there's a debate about are they going to put names on the back, and that got shut down real quick. Yeah, of course. And especially <laughs> with Tom right. Crean being like, we need to do you. this for recruits, yeah. and we also need more yeah. pool tables and ping pong tables. How dare you. Yeah, um, can't do that in Indiana. Anyway, thank you to my dad. Uh, that was a ton of fun. We're, we'll have him back on whenever yes. – uh, he has so many stories. It. In fact, I feel bad that he didn't get out all like he has so many Bob Knight stories that he has just thrown away I and given us. You, you could know? you could sense in his <laughs> voice that he was scared that Bob Knight like is over his shoulder. Yes, like, listening. I'm like, yes. 
You know, Bob Knight did a lot of smacking <laughs> him in the back of the head. You're like, he's like, right. Bob. You know, there are a lot of other things he did. And I'm like, what are those things? And he's like, yeah, we're not going to talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Pass, pass, fifth, fifth. Um, all right, so let's do a rapid fire. Uh, there were a ton of games mm-hmm. that um were great on Saturday, great over this weekend. Uh, which one do you want to talk about? First? Yeah, the best game, right, was LSU-Auburn, or at least yep. the most interesting mm-hmm. game, because Auburn, again, LSU comes in, and it, it looks like it's going to be an upset. They're up early in this game. We're kind of talking about, you know, they're they're just lost to Vanderbilt, which, again, 27 straight SEC losses it would have been, but they win against LSU, even though they're the best team in the SEC technically. And then they go into Auburn, and they're blowing them out, and we're like, hey, well, wait, he's back. But then they just throw it away at the end of the game. Auburn figures out a way to win this one, ninety-one to ninety, and the whole somehow story not is, even the biggest choke job of the day. Yeah, so, yeah somehow. <laughs> wow, we watched that it. One we hurt. said to ourselves, "How could this? How could anyone choke wow. any worse?" <laughs> and they did it. Uh, yeah, McCormick hits three straight threes yep. in the twenty-second span. Uh, hits the floater to to win. It was it was an all-time collapse from LSU. Uh, with the with the SEC title not on the line. It was you can't win it in that game. But now Auburn's in the driver's seat for the SEC. So. Yeah, pretty yeah. interesting. Pretty interesting. Um, I want to talk about Michigan, Michigan State. Can we talk about that for a yeah, second? Of Michigan State is now unranked. They've fallen out of the AP poll. Mm-hmm. I saw someone tweeted today, this is the second time since 1968 that the AP number one has fallen out of the, the – the preseason AP number one has fallen out of the poll altogether. I forget when the first time was. I didn't I – didn't, do the research to that's all right yeah we'll yeah. Out. yeah we got a department for that we um, just didn't let them know it's fine but yeah so this is this is noteworthy that michigan state was the number one team in the country and now they are no longer ranked um again we were ahead of schedule here we saw them in maui and we yeah. realized that michigan state may not be uh the they're contender not that, great and i yeah. think i think the easy easy excuses would say there's been a lot of adversity because there has there's mm-hmm. obviously cassius winston brother everyone knows that story um but to that i say like the adversity there the one guy who would be most affected by that is Cassius Winston, and he's been balling out. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to – like, that excuse doesn't really apply to me because Cassius – if anyone's going to be affected by that, it would be Cassius, and he's playing great. So mm-hmm. I throw that out the window. The other part is the injuries. Like, Josh Langford, part of the reason they were ranked number one coming into the season is Josh Langford uh, um, having his defensive presence and, and just leadership and all that. But, again, like, Josh Langford, he can score, obviously, but his importance to this team – was his defensive, you know, you, you put him on anybody and just tell him to go stop that guy. Michigan State's issues to me are not on the defensive end. They are on the offensive end mm-hmm. to where, like, Josh Langford's absence does not I, – I don't think that carries any weight either. I don't think you can, like, point to – so I don't want to hear, like, the adversity and the injury thing. They just, like, suck. They just are not a good basketball team right now. Yeah, and they brought back a lot of guys that are familiar. And I think yeah. a lot of times when you have familiar faces, you kind of buy into the fact that, well, they must have made the leap. They must be better. They must you yeah. know, and this is Cassius's year. He's going to make a run to be National Player of the Year. And, again, they had a slow start. They had a nice little Izzo rejuvenation period where people were like, oh, Michigan State, yeah, okay, yeah. here's the chance for them to make a little run. And now we're back to square one in some sense. But that might be good for Tom Izzo because, Maybe, again, I don't know. this is what he does. I mean, He's I Mr. get Arns is, is banged up at all times. Um, but I, look, Aaron Henry is, is, is super inconsistent. I, yeah. I love Aaron Henry. Maybe it's just the, the Indiana bias in me because he's a, he's an Indianapolis guy, but I, I, I want him to be so good and he could be so good and he's just not yet. That's very frustrating. Malik Hall, a guy who dropped 17 on Seton Hall, a uh, third game of the year, I believe has not scored double digits the rest of the season for Michigan mm-hmm. state rocket Watts, their big stud freshman point guard. Um, is is just all over the place. Like it, it, he, he looks the part, though. Like whenever, yeah. oh yeah, god, yeah, he is the guy that you would say maybe he takes a leap this year. And McC- like right from Cassius and all right, that right. Sort of stuff. None of that has happened. It is not really happening. Yeah. Um, and and that is the issue to me. It's not like like I don't, 
I, I think it's convenient to point to, to adversity and injuries, and I'm not saying they're not real. Like those things are real things that happen, but I don't think that is. I think they're those are two separate things. I think they're playing very poorly, and they also have adversity and injuries. I don't think it's one. I think it's a uh, what cor- a causation, not a cor- yes. or wait correlation not a causation there you know. go let's just say correlation um, but back to michigan michigan uh jeff jackson great game from him um hit three threes in the first half isaiah livers is back he's back in the lineup basically he's played one game since christmas uh and and michigan is you know <laughs> what do we know that, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the problem with michigan is like what do we really know because they win this game i guess that's a nice win that's a big win it gets them back you know again in the talking points of the world but again if michigan state beats illinois and maryland their next two games Two teams that are ranked very highly, and it is it is weird they're that officially like, back, and we're talking about Michigan State again. I that, find it fascinating the that the Big Ten is cannibalizing itself, and there's no exactly. there's no. Um, I mean, the 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 selection the the bracket reveal came out. There were two teams in the top sixteen on on Saturday when they released the top sixteen teams. Mm-hmm. One was Maryland, who uh, what were they a three seed? Three seed. Yeah. yeah. The other team was Michigan State, who was the very last team mentioned on the sixteen. They've obviously fallen out. I'm, I'm assuming if they did it today, they would be falling out. Uh, maybe Penn State has snuck up in there, but what's fascinating to me is like you, you won't get an argument from ninety percent of the country that the Big Ten is the best conference in in the country. Uh, all all the bracketology people are saying that they're going to get double digit bids, whether it's ten, eleven, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be twelve. But the Big Ten is going to get a ton of teams into the tournament. Yet the committee and the AP poll are both like all of these teams are mediocre. There's no there's no sense of like. Maybe Michigan struggles and Ohio State struggles and Michigan State struggles and on down the line, Indiana struggles. Maybe it's just like they play in just like this meat grinder of a league that's just impossible to string together wins. No one's saying that. Everyone's just like, all these teams are mediocre. Get them out of my face. Yeah, meat grinder is a great way to put it because yeah. it's very ugly and uh, it just happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just it keeps going, keeps continuing, and uh, we keep watching. And again, I don't think I've learned anything about the Big Ten this year other than the fact that Illinois is a surprise team, but I really don't know what that means tournament-wise when we talk about teams to rely on. Same with Maryland, a team that's, I guess, over-exceeded expectations, even though they have had the expectations, right. despite us believing in those expectations. I th- what's interesting, too, is on the flip side, the Big East now has five teams ranked in the top 25. Um, eh. The Big East is entertaining, and the Big Ten is not. And I yes. think that's the problem. Is like The Big East has the same thing going on where they're all beating each other. I mean, we had a day mm-hmm. in the Big East where the top three teams all lost at home on the same night. To, uh, to I don't think they're all unranked teams, but they, they all lost at home on the same night. And it, it has the same feeling of like anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But the AP poll loves that. And the, the committees love that. And Seton Hall is, is the hot team. And, and Marquette is shooting up the polls. And, and Villanova is still highly regarded. And I think it just comes down to when you watch the games, they're actually fun to watch. And people do not enjoy watching Big Ten basketball, especially this year. Again, because it's a meat grinder and everyone's like, yeah. I don't want to watch that. That does not sound like a pleasant experience. And when you look at a Marquette team, a team that we've had, you know, are, are back and forth with the Marquette mm-hmm. fan base because we apparently disrespected Marcus Howard. Well, when we called Marcus Howard like the fifth best player in the country yeah, instead of the first. so much disrespect. <laughs> uh, Marquette blew out Butler yesterday, and yeah. that was, you know, a big win. Marquette's kind of rolling a little bit. Butler was 18th. They were 19th. This is the the new version of Cincinnati but Xavier, Butler, the 18th, 19th game. But this is my point, that love. Butler's still ranked. And I'm yeah. not saying they shouldn't be ranked. I'm just saying that, like, I think there's there's a – 
have we reached a point where there's a Big East bias? Do, do people love the Big East now? Did I think it happen? I think Did it Big take East... us coming to Fox to make people love the Big East? Too? And again, this is your new segment accompaniment, <laughs> and we're back, and we're going to break down why we love the Big East the best. Again, uh, Seton Hall were the old – or Villanova were the old jerseys, and it was like the old throwback Big East mm-hmm. day. Seton Hall had lost 17 straight, right, I believe, uh, at Villanova. Going back like 26 years. Yeah, to like yeah, 1994 yeah. or something like that, uh, which would be 26 years if you did the math in your head. Congratulations. Um, but, yeah – that's important. That's great. That's good for Seton Hall. And we kind of, you know, put them on the national stage. I think they put out a video of us saying that they're national championship contenders. Oh, did they? Yeah, sure. Why not? Why aren't well, they? Are, 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 Everyone. Are you, I mean, if, if you have a team and you're going to make the tournament, you have a shot. Are you telling Who me? Who would have thought? Are you telling me the Seton Hall social media people, like, we can get. Yeah, we're. Yeah, okay. yeah start pandering. Yeah. Uh, yes. I. America, listen to me. Yes. Seton Hall. Hall. Yes. Is a national title contender. You can book it. You can tweet it. Yes. You can retweet it, especially if you run the, the Seton Hall account. <laughs> tweet it. You were like the Peter Travers of college basketball predictions. They just yeah, throw just your throw thing out. Yeah, exactly. Mark Titus says we are the best in the country. Speaking of Marquette, my favorite team to watch in the country. Marcus Howard, book it, folks. National should player we, of the year. Should we just do this with every team? I yeah, think so. Let's go to Dayton. Kansas, I've said it from the start of the season. Kansas has the best team. They have a point guard who can't be stopped. They have a big man. They have athletic wings. I love what I'm seeing out of the do you, do you like the Diffie? Diego State undefeated. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's great, dude. We just you know how many likes we're gonna get from yeah, that? Yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah, people are gonna love that. That's, that's how yeah. you do social media, right except now. for Baylor fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're number one in the country. Can you please talk about us? We won again. <laughs> uh, Seton Hall is in the driver's seat for the Big East, though. As as yeah. fun as the Big East has been, as competitive as it's been, Seton Hall currently holds a three-game lead, Tate. Mm. Have not won the Big East since 1993. That was back when it was the old Big East. That was back when it was P.J. Carlissimo. Seton Hall, 1993, yeah. is the last time the, the Pirates won the Big East. So, yeah, yeah they're in the driver's seat. Seven games to play. They got a three-game lead. Um, What else we got to talk about? Dayton? Yes. Can we talk about the Dayton Flyers? Yeah. Doing your upset special yet again. Beautiful. Beautifully Make, played. Getting America interested. Yeah. Getting Get everyone texting, yeah. saying, hey, are you, did you see the score? The number Dayton? is six points, yeah. and they keep it around six. But then again, if you score and you're up six, then it's a four-point game. And then mm-hmm. people America's like, oh, my God, it's a four-point game. St. Louis is making a run. Let's turn back to Dayton. And then Dayton's like, oh, they're back? They're watching That's us. right. Okay. <laughs> you're saying it? Okay. Obi, Allie. <laughs> Boom. And scene. And we're back. It really is true. Congratulations it's really to the true. Dayton Flyers. They figured it's it out. Really this true. is college basketball. This is the highlight world that we live in. <laughs> America's tuned in. Deliver. This is why Marquette and Butler stay in the top 25. This is why, you know, Maryland's struggling. People are like, come on, Maryland, do something. We're watching. I've also. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's really, I, it's, it's hilarious because that's really what's at. Like, we're, we were watching that game together as, like, the IU Purdue games on. We're, we had that on. We, we kept yeah. looking over at the Dayton score and we we're like, we know exactly what's happening. Dayton yeah. is going to win this game. <laughs> as soon as there's like six minutes left in the game, you know, Jalen Crudger's like step back threes all over people. And you're like, okay, it looks like they're fine. Um, I want to give a shout out to Gonzaga who. Beat the brakes off of St. Mary's. They won by 30, Tate. <laughs> this is the worst the worst home loss for St. Mary's since 2001. Uh, this is technically a rivalry. Um, I, I don't know if American is aware of this. But uh, the, the, the West Coast Conference, these are traditionally the two best teams. St. Mary's is traditionally the team you circle as like, maybe Gonzaga could lose that game. Mm-hmm. They did not lose that game, Tate. Gonzaga, mm-hmm. uh, so one of the big takeaways from the weekend was the, the committee released their top 16, and we knew that Baylor and Kansas were probably going to be one and two. Um, we knew that San Diego State and Gonzaga were going to be three and four, but in what order? Of course, Baylor was going to be over Kansas. They already beat Kansas at Kansas, so that wasn't a surprise. That was locked in. Gonzaga got the three, the the third overall seed, which is important. Officially a blue blood. Because if the tournament started today, Gonzaga would stay in L.A., Mm -hmm. whereas San Diego State, a team that has lost, again, as a reminder, zero games, zero times. There's not a team Mm -hmm. in this country that has beat San Diego State. 
would have to fly all the way to New York to play their Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. And now Gonzaga beats the hell out of St. Mary's. I feel like San Diego State – do you think Duke is going to jump San Diego State? <laughs> San Diego State. Yeah, Duke <laughs> yeah, is the fourth seed. seed in the East. San Diego State undefeated. The two seed After in the East. After a gutsy win in Chapel Hill, that's enough to <laughs> yes. bump Duke above Absolutely, and they just beat Florida State tonight. So we know that this is the time where you know Duke's going to make the leap and everyone's going to say, look, <laughs> The Blue Devils are definitely the best team in the country. We all know it. And, you know, we'll funnel them to New York. They'll be a one seed. It'll be great. I'm, I'm 100% rooting for a San Diego State undefeated season just for uh, – I, I I actually am unironically doing a lot of, like, I'm cheering for this. <laughs> We're just making fun of, like, I should yes, just say all your yes, Because I am cheering for dating. I'm obviously cheering for Ohio State. But uh, uh, San Diego State going undefeated this season would be hilarious just mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, the whole narrative about how there are no great teams – about how you know the San Diego State. There's no. I saw Seth Davis. Someone he put out his his top twenty five poll. Someone asked him, "Is there anything San Diego State like? Is there if Baylor doesn't win or if Baylor keeps winning? Is there anything like San Diego State could do to jump up and be, eventually become a number one? No. And he he literally said no, <laughs> which is unfair. I don't like that. I feel like there has to be. Or maybe maybe he up. was being asked about Gonzaga. I don't know. But the point still what if stands they were is just like blowing people out. Yeah, Again, they're not doing that. But what if they were? The point stands that no matter who you're talking about, like these people just have everything locked in, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious because yeah. like San Diego State is like, what the hell else can we do? <laughs> you and, brought up the 16 seeds. Let's just think about who was announcing those 16 seeds. One of them was Kevin White. What does Kevin White do, America? Oh, he's the athletic director at Duke. Mm-hmm. One of the people sitting across from him said Dave the biggest college basketball reporter we have out here to some guess where he went to school huh. duke guess who's gonna get the last one seed duke in the words of avenatti and duke that'll be the fourth one seed and duke poor san diego oh, state God. maybe they'll be the two seed in the west though you know that would there. actually be great that would be nice then they could fight over who's gonna be the king Whoa. of the west do you think i'm calling it then san diego state's gonna lose in the conference tournament to get the two seed but but then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lose on purpose they're gonna lose like utah state in the title game the Mountain West title game, and then uh, they're they're gonna mess the they're gonna play themselves and they're mm-hmm. they're gonna slide all the way down to like a four. <laughs> they're like perfect, we did it. Now we can stay You're out the west. Four seed in the, the east. east. Yeah. We do. <laughs> Congratulations draw for the Blue great. Devils. Congratulations on a great year, Aztecs. Oh god! Now fly three thousand miles. We got a. There are a lot of San Diego State fans that are inviting us down. We, we have, have to we go. Have to go to yeah, we apparently. I want to go, go to the last home game. When okay. They, when they clinch the undefeated season, they they actually their last game of the regular season they play at Nevada against Steve Alford, <laughs> but um we don't have to watch. Steve, as Steve Alford told us his last year at UCLA, he has an audience of one. Mm-hmm. The only one that the only person that watches those games is God. Uh, you do not need to watch Steve Alford. So we're just going to pretend like that game doesn't exist. And mm. and when they win, when San Diego State wins their last home game, we're popping bottles. And yeah. I celebrating think Steve the undefeated Alford do more good deeds for his neighbors, <laughs> and then maybe Nevada will win some games. Uh, what else What else do we have to give a shout-out before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I also want to shout-out Wichita State, and I'm, this is actually not a good shout-out. This is a shout-out to say that a, a few weeks back, I think I said on this podcast, Watch out for the Shockers. You know, they, they may be a team to look out for. Well, they got blown out by Houston 73-46 uh, to 46, um, yesterday, and Houston and Kelvin Sampson looked great. So let's, swip, let's swap those two things and say Houston, that's a team to watch, watch out, out for. Yeah, watch out for Houston. Love that Houston team. We did a new segment, Tate's team to watch out for. Watch out for. <laughs> Baylor, watch out for them. They're number one. Um. We we uh we're I'm gonna save it for the Pac-12 update, but um that will be we'll just save Thursday. it for the Pac because I had yeah. I was gonna I was gonna shout out a certain coach of a certain program that uh that is near and dear to our hearts, but uh never mind we'll save it for the Pac-12 update. Anything else before we go? No, I just wanted to say again, it really hurts to watch North Carolina lose that game in the Dean Dome, but also Coach K did it. 
Coach K did something. Figure it out. Do the investigative work. We will figure this out. Whatever witchcraft happened in that building, Coach K did it. He was responsible, and he's the winningest coach in college basketball. He keeps doing it. Thank you to Tate for coming in and facing the music. Thank you to my dad for calling in and facing the music. Some dark, dark, and ominous this tones. Was, this was a this was a depressing episode. We didn't even touch on Ohio State. Uh, we getting, don't talk about getting that. swept yeah, by yeah. Wisconsin, but we don't need to. We look, don't need to. I hit the panic button. Two people that think yeah. they're winners. We've done a lot of losing. It is hilarious yeah, that. It hurts. Uh, on December 4th, when Carolina and Ohio State played, we really thought that, that was like a big game. Like, oh my God, whoever wins this is, is going to be North a great Again, North Carolina, number six in the country at the time. Ohio State, number five in the country at the time. Currently, as it stands, unranked. No, let's just get out of here. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. No one cares. You can take away uh, my my Ohio State stand, uh, ranking. You can take away their standing in the Big Ten standings. You can take away DJ Carton from the, the Ooh, lineup as, yes. as he's going through his mental health stuff. You cannot take away my night on Franklin Street with Greg Oden when we stayed out till 4 a.m. after we kicked the shit out of North Carolina. No one will ever be able to take that away. And yeah. at the time, I thought it was a big deal. I've since learned it is not. But uh, the memories live on. <laughs> the worst Carolina team in, a cent- in this century, you beat by 25 at home. Congratulations. Blue Devils, you beat the worst North Carolina Hang team the in the century. Yeah, put it up. <laughs> I, that will, I will say this. I did feel very flattered that Duke fans were so excited about this win. You know, that was yeah, very there nice. You go. That was All right. Flat. There it is. That's All good. right. All right. That's the show. We'll be back Friday. Uh, we have a special guest lined up that you guys all know and love. Um, he uh, he sleeps in May. We'll put it that way. Um, we're, we're going to get him on the line. And uh, we can allegedly, allegedly, I'm not sure he ever <laughs> sleeps. Uh, and we will we'll be back with Tate's back 12 update. But until then, uh, see you guys. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.